This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you. And if you've been with us in recent evenings, you know we are in the midst of looking at chapter 3 in the book of Ephesians, especially the latter eight verses. And Ephesians is one of the most encouraging, encouraging books in all the Bible. It was written by Paul as he was a prisoner in, in Rome, but in despite his condition, he spoke about the goodness and the fullness of the Lord and how God has granted to us immeasurable things. And if you have your Bibles, turn with us to uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. I'm reading from verse 14 to 21. Ephesians or Philippians? If, did I, I'm sorry, Ephesians, clearly. Ephesians. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I read somewhere where Paul didn't use words that were common in Greece, in Greece but, he, uh, but he, what can I say? He added something he to amplified. it. He amplified it. For example, when you look at verse 20. Now to him who is able to exceedingly abundantly, I think he added hooper in front of those words to make it super abundant or super exceeding. In other words, he went beyond the common language because it's necessary to go beyond what the language is to express what God has granted every one of his believers. It's powerful. And verses 20 and 21 are really a doxology. It's the praise to God. And verse 20 summarizes what immediately went before it, because if we receive these things that God has granted to us all, we will say, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundant beyond. It's powerful. 
But if you look at those first few verses, this is what God has granted to us. We're strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. Number two, that Jesus may dwell in our hearts through faith. Thirdly, we are rooted and grounded in love. Fourthly, to know the love of Jesus which surpasses knowledge. Isn't that interesting? We, should, we are to know the love of Jesus by experiencing it which surpasses mere knowledge. And fifthly, and to be filled with the fullness of God. This is all according to the riches of his glory. And we read in other uh, books about the riches of his glory and grace. Philippians 4.19 My God shall supply all your need according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. How do we measure God's riches if it's unlimited? You can't. That's how God is. Ephesians 1.7 in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7. In the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy 1.14. The grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Paul quotes from Isaiah 64. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Look what God has prepared for those of us who love him. So he's able to do above all, abundantly above all, that we can ask for a thing. Sometimes, I said on the programs in the past, when somebody asks me, how can I explain God? I say, I don't know if I can explain them, but I can say this. God is beyond, beyond. Whatever we think, he's that much more. He is so much greater than we can imagine. And it's all according to the power that works in us. I read from 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 16. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And who is sufficient for these things? Paul on numerous occasions said, who is sufficient for these things? Who is sufficient to be a Christian on his own ability? It's impossible. I want to read from Philippians chapter 2, uh, from the second part of verse 12 and on to verse 13. Work, well, let me start with 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not, as my, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to both will and to do for his good pleasure. When we think we're doing something that pleases God, where did that come from? It comes from God. Listen to verse 13. It is God, <coughs> excuse me, it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's all God. It all comes from God. He is amazing. Where does the sufficiency come from? It's from God. And we read in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. According to the power that works in us, and we just read Philippians 2.13, it is God who is at work in you, 
both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And I encourage every listener that you yield daily your will to the Lord, that his will might be done in and through your life. And I promise you, you will never be sorry. Because no matter how troubled your circumstance will be, he, through his life in you, that is the resurrected, overcoming life, will enable you to overcome. Thank you, Lord. And Junie, it just hits me. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And I believe being humans and not totally refined yet, sometimes when you do the will of God or do something of, uh, you know, to do for his good pleasure, I think we might get a little puffed up a little bit. But we need to remember, it's God who works in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. Well, I think, it's, Shelley, it's all if, God. <laughs> yes, but if we really experience death, like in our baptism with the Lord to live in newness of life, we'll never take credit That's right. for his life because we'll recognize our inability in certain situations to be like God because we our flesh opposes the spirit and our soul is fallen. It opposes the spirit. But when we're born again and he quickens us and we choose to say, Lord, not my will, That's not right. my desire, but thine be done, we recognize, Shelley, a power that we know is not us because we would be different. We wouldn't forgive or we wouldn't love or we wouldn't go into a place of danger. I mean, Paul wrote the book of Ephesians in prison. That's right. And so he was imprisoned experiencing this overpowering life that he wanted to encourage the church at Ephesus with. I mean, it's really amazing. He wasn't thinking of himself. He wasn't thinking of his situation. He was thinking outside of himself. That's why it's so big, Shelley, because that's what God does. That's what Jesus did when he walked the earth. He thought of us thousands of years later that we would belong to him. Yes, Lord. And he would give us his life. He would share his life with us by teaching us to pray our Father who art right. in heaven. Hallelujah. It's so big, Shelley. Yep. He's so faithful. And the hooper is really right. true. <laughs> it's beyond you, it, our own comprehension. So many things. It, uh, it, it's unbelievable. There is no limit to what God could do. And that's why when we experience it, Shelley, we really know it's Hallelujah. not ourselves. Amen. Let it, you let us all know that. At the end of verse 20, it says, All this is according to the power that works within us. What is that power? Very specifically, the source of power is the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit active and alive in us, we can do nothing. The Holy Spirit brings us into a new realm. And, you know, when you look at all these verses, June, from Ephesians 3, 
God is calling us into a realm that cannot be achieved on a human basis. It's got to be in the spirit. The more we yield to him, the more exceedingly abundant will be our lives, using the language of these verses. Speaking about the Holy Spirit, Acts 1, verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. There was a great difference in the apostles. There were weakness. Peter denied the Lord, but once they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, they were new men. That's the power that must work in us to live the life that God is calling us to. And we saw, Shelley, that the 120 on Shavuot, Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came upon them and baptized them in fire and in his Holy Spirit, they turned the world upside down. And it didn't matter if they lost their life because their life was hidden with the Messiah and God. And God graced them to an overcoming life of being that witness to love and forgive and proclaim his life. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you baptized us in the Holy Spirit. Amen, Lord. That you live in us through the Spirit. We love you, Lord. And we pray in Jesus' name it will touch every one of our listeners. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyandJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyandJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.